In a world where geek is now chic, what was once deemed nerdy or geeky has become fashionable. What used to be odd and different is now part of mainstream culture. The way we consume our entertainment has changed with the advent of new and meaningful technology. Comic books are no longer stories just for kids. They've become all-age entertainment with mature subject matter, rivaling the depth of the very best novelists. They've become a driving force behind a large portion of American entertainment. Costuming has gone from being a small but loyal subculture to a highly visible art form thanks to science fiction and comic book conventions that celebrate cosplay and fandom. Thanks to Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Star Trek, and many others, the movie landscape has changed forever. Through Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, and more, once genre shows are now mainstream rating giant. We are a podcast that looks at the comic book culture. We are a podcast that talks about the cosplay community. We are a podcast that can't help but dissect the movies and shows we watch. We are. We are. We are. The Galaxy Cast. Welcome to this episode. I have three people in the studio with me tonight of the three. Galaxy Cast. I have with me three. Austin the Inquisitor. <laughs> I was gonna say it, I don't have it. Never mind. Hi. <laughs> I have with me Gary the Numpty. <laughs> Gary the Numpty. I'm not the Numpty. Sorry, I'm Gary. not the Numpty. Let me try it again. Gary the Stud. <laughs> That's more like it. Sorry. <laughs> not the Mama. <laughs> So we have several things we want to discuss with you guys tonight. We're going to talk about the Morbius trailer that just came out this week, which I was kind of shocked at and didn't know about. We're going to talk about the <laughs> set pictures on, from set the pictures. Eternals. Yes, you have yeah. to put that in quotes, and we'll the talk about quotes. why when we get there. First look at the, uh, the Black Knight. It's the Black Knight. It's, uh, it's very <laughs> handsome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We'll get there. We're going to talk about Colin Trevorrow's script to Star Wars Episode Nine. That's right, the Star Wars Episode Nine that wasn't. And then we're going to talk about how the Clone Wars fixed Jar Jar Binks in the Star Wars prequel portrayal and how this that all happened. This is covering the new season's going to come up yep, yep. more. Okay. So, Morbius trailer. Did you guys even know this was going to be a thing? Yes. Uh, we had hinted at it when we were talking about uh, Jared Leto not being Joker for the Joaquin Did Phoenix. we really talk about Morbius? Yes, was that that stupid and we talked about it and yes, I didn't even remember? Yes, we had mentioned it that he was going over to Marvel on it project that was not named okay and gary called it from a mile away said i'm hoping he goes morbius i didn't hope it i just told you it was you just said it was going to happen called it from a mile away i didn't expect a trailer this soon for it though did you guys i mean that was kind of i don't know i wasn't I'm still trying it. to figure out who the heck morbius is so maybe i can have me educated by you comic man well, time hey. to educate the sun <laughs> Nerd card. Nerd no. card. Hey, yeah. hey, 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 hey. Nerd hey. card. <laughs> there are a lot of comic books I was not allowed to read. If you're going to say okay, so let, let's clarify nerd, that because we might nerd, have listeners. Nerd card. I'm not getting my nerd card over. I know. Hang on, Gary. Else. We, we might have listeners that don't know who Morbius is, and this is a valid thing that I kind of thought about because my, my wife's like Morbius. What's this? Then, then they got to give me their nerd, nerd card too. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to remember she she doesn't read comics per se. I, I'm not okay? saying her. I'm saying the listeners that are listening to us <laughs> that don't know who Morbius is. I know. 
Okay, okay. So Morbius <laughs> is... And, and the reason why I say that is because if any of you guys followed Spider-Man at all, you in know who way, Morbius is. You should. I was following more the G-rated Spider-Man since I was younger. He's I, been in it. He's been in it. He was? Yes. Even was the, the issues that Mom He was, was even in the Spider-Man animated series yes. that you watched. Yes. Morbius was in it. There's so a lot of things. Probably not just not just the way you would expect it. Now, Nerdcard. Morbius broke. Fine. I'm pretty sure Marvel broke the monsters rule, right? When they created Morbius, that was one of the big things that happened when Morbius was created, because he he's a pseudo Dracula, right? Am I correct on in my assumption on that, Gary? Um, I'm not sure on that one. Because I'm pretty sure, and I'm, I'm going to have to go research this later. I think I think it might have been Man-Thing that actually broke it. Maybe it was Man-Thing. I know Morbius, when it came out, they would not put on... <coughs> uh, what's the label they put on comics? The parents group that yeah. was like... Oh, Comics Code Authority. Yeah, they would not put a I'm Comics agreed. Code Authority stamp on the Morbius comics. So any of the comics Morbius was in, they would not put a Comics Code Authority stamp on it because... He was a monster, and that broke the monster rule of the Comic Code Authority. And that was because they didn't want to have monsters in comic books. Correct. They, a bunch they, of other things as well, but that was one of the major rules. They, they didn't want the horror aspect. Right. They didn't want Marvel or any or DC to cross over into the horror element. That was one of the claims when they came to Congress about comic books and the evils of comic books. I still laugh at that today. I mean, compared to the evils of today, comic yeah. books is so backseat now. But when he talked about the evils of comic books, one of the things they talked about was, was the, the horror element of it all. I think it was the 70s and 60s, wasn't it, that that was all like was argued Frankenstein out? and, 70s, yeah. and 70s, Dracula movies yeah. coming out anyways? So There were, but that was that was everybody was attributing all that stuff well, together it, as the downfall of the teenage society at the time. But, but you also got to remember, too, you only had three ratings back then. Right. You had R, we, you had R was PG, it? and G. And G. And that's not including basically one jumping out into the middle of triple X, which is a completely different basi- topic. Basically, kid friendly, kid friendly with an adult, and don't let your kids into this. Right. That was there was no PG thirteen. PG thirteen came out for no. Wasn't it like Spielberg? Did, Spielberg invented that when I remember that much. I don't know. It Spielberg. happened in like the mid eighties. PG thirteen. Okay. And but there was no you know, there's no levels in between. That, that, those were your three options. Yeah. So so you had your G movies, which were. The Disney cartoon. Yes. The princess. Ewoks. <laughs> no. No. Not Ewoks? Ewoks was made for TV. Right. I was talking like the Ewoks animated TV show. That was okay, a cartoon. you just said it. That TV. Was oh. That was a cartoon. I'm talking about your Disney princesses movies. Right. Uh, Bam- Bam- Snow White and Bambi. Bambi was a G movie. Yeah. Yep. Even um, though they killed the deer in right. the end. Spoiler alert. Well, even Dumbo. Come on. From 1940, whatever. Uh, Her- even Herbie. Even uh, Dumbo is G when he gets drunk in it. Yeah. Uh, Herbie yeah, was G. Um, although the new Dumbo is just weird. That seems so, uh, Yeah, and then, and then you had your like G movies that were okay, but... Well, PG, sorry. They were okay, but they suggested having the parents there because... You know things like uh, I don't I don't know why I always think about this one, but like batteries not included. There's some scary stuff that goes on in that for kids, but for adults, it's kind of like well, you it, know? It, it's usually if they uh, have a swear word, in right, it. right, um, or crap. some sort of implication of a sexual thing that maybe right. didn't okay they didn't show it, but it I, I know it. generally what the standards were. Well, no, the standards were different back then. That's what we're trying to say. I'm saying as I got taught in my in, in a film class, I got taught that. So, so, so going back to Morbius a minute because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Morbius basically. 
as they show in the trailer, he has a bloodborne illness, and he's trying to fix himself. Uh, and my understanding is he tries bats, right, to fix his blood, if I remember yeah, that's well, how it, it happens. It, it, okay. One of the problems I have with the whole story, particularly with all bloodborne illnesses, you got to go to Transylvania or Romania. Right. <laughs> in to, order to resolve the to, issue. To, to get fixed. So yeah. you have to go see And then the you become a vampire. vampire. <laughs> yes. Yes, because you went to Transylvania. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> okay, wow, that's a... So just Transylvania is the place you don't want to go to unless you want to be a vampire. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I feel sorry for is people that actually live in Transylvania. Like, you wouldn't want to tell people, you know, where are you from? Transylvania. Oh, you know, like... <laughs> and exit stage right, right? Like, I just... <laughs> I'm being cool. Right? Gary be going up and going, I love you guys. <laughs> Gary, Gary's going, one. okay, which one? <laughs> take, me to, take me to your leader. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he, he, he gets the bats to bite him. Now, if I remember correctly... He it then does he genetically engineer the bat or is it just a regular bat? I always forget. It's well, I think he gets bit by the bat or the whatever, and he starts changing himself. Yeah, almost like Spider Man, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, I get bit by the radioactive. That's why. Spider. That's why the two stories kind of coincide, and and okay. Morbius becomes Spider one of Spider Man's arch enemies because they have a common backstory. I'm going to say this. At first, when we watched the trailer, I was seeing all the bats. I'm just sitting there going, ah, Batman Begins. Well, it's, you know, a lot of people have complained that Morbius is um, a hybrid of Batman and Man-Bat, and that, D- that Marvel just stole from DC something that was already working for DC. That has been an argument I've heard oh, in the yeah. past. Um, a, a very common argument. So anyway, he basically, he pulls out the characteristics of a bat. So he can, as you saw, echolocation. He can mm-hmm. echolocate people. Uh, but like Dracula, he's got problems. Like he has bloodlust and stuff like that that any you know um, Dracula character Did would I have. I see this correctly. Is he able to teleport to? Like, uh, he kind of like Nightcrawler. He, yeah, he calls. He does what I call the bamf thing that Nightcrawler does. It kind of bamfs and moves. Am, am I wrong, Gary? That's that's always been my assumption. It's just kind of the same like yeah, teleporting it, it, power. Yeah, it's more related to the. Legends of Dracula and stuff, though. Correct. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Dracula it, supposedly was was able to walk in and out of uh, shadows, shadows, <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I just so I think I, I think that trailer. was Marvel's way of doing the same thing as letting yeah. him bamf around in the shadows. So and, like Nightcrawler, but he can only go from shadow and spot to shadow and spot. Yeah. Right. And, and that is one of the things that Marvel did is stole yeah. stories from uh, classic literature. Yes. Yeah, I, so I, I kind of remember that. It's they, a, they, sh- they stole the concept of the mummy, because most of the mutants is the same idea, mm-hmm. okay? Frankenstein and the mutants are the same thing. Think about how many of the mutants are kind of a Frankenstein. Wolverine is, you know what uh, I mean? Like, I was thinking, because um, there's... I'll, like, I'll, I'll go on even further. Okay. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, perfect, Hulk. yeah. Who is it in the Marvel Universe? Hulk. Exactly. Correct. Any of the Hulk-based characters are that. And then if you want to get even further, ready for this one? There actually is a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in I know. Marvel and Universe. Isn't there an entire team uh, in S.H.I.E.L.D. called the Howling Commandos and there's yes. a monster Hulk? And they're literally all the monsters, yes. Yeah. So there's isn't, like a wolf man, there's, there's a mummy. There's, there's a werewolf a, character. Yep, yep. Isn't there a Jack a Frankenstein? Uh, yes. yes, actually there is, yeah. There's a zombie, I know, because yep. it's supposed to be... Well. See, and, and that that all happened once Marvel was kind of like, well, screw it, we're not even going to follow the, the comic book authority anymore. 
So, and they were just like, the heck with it, we're not even going to follow that. Then they literally came out and started thumbing their nose at the Comic Book Authority, and that was one of the things they did, right. was and, to come out with that Howling Commandos group. And they actually introduced Dracula into the Marvel Universe. Right, yeah. They yeah. they started bringing the creatures in, which I actually kind of thought was cool. Didn't that was like he, the mid-1980s that they were Dracula doing Dracula fight Cap? At one time, I think so. Yeah, and he his, he worked with uh, Red Skull for a while. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't his shield the only thing aside from True Cross and other things of weaknesses? Something like that. Yeah, the, it's only Cross. The thing. I think the way Cap beat him was the sun came up and Cap like reflected the sun oh. off his shield or something crazy like that. <laughs> then, then there's the Earth six thirty eight or whatever, no, what, yeah. whatever Earth it is. Yep, you got Bloodstorm. It's Storm that was bitten and turned into a vampire uh, by Dracula. Yeah, yeah. Just Isn't like, there also a universe where Cap's a werewolf too? Just like Jubilee has been bitten by Dracula and she's a vampire currently. Yeah, in the in the current iteration of Marvel currently. Oh, yeah. Isn't they keep like revisiting that idea yeah. for some reason? That and the zombies keep yeah. coming back yeah. in the Marvel universe too. I was gonna say there's been iterations I've seen where Cap is a werewolf and it's mm, really yep. freaky. Yep. <laughs> So, I mean, so let's talk about the trailer a minute. Do you guys like the idea of a Morbius movie here? What, what about the timing of all this? I mean, there's definitely a crossover because at the end of that trailer, we saw Vulture mm-hmm. talking to Morbius, so there's probably going to be a tie in the Spider-Man somehow. Well, it hasn't been proven that that is the Vulture yet. Come on, and the way he's talking to him, you can't help but... You know, hey. Come on, it's, it's Clooney that's the actor, right? Not no, Clooney, no. that's uh, Keaton. Keaton. It's Keaton. Keaton. It's, oh, wrong. Yeah, wrong which goes back Sorry. to your point about all the actors. <laughs> we, were, we were making earlier, Gary was talking about all the actors that they keep reusing and reusing and reusing in Hollywood, and I kind of agree with them. And Keaton's another one that we keep reusing. Yeah. Right. And then, and then there's the poster of Spider-Man that has murder written on it. Correct, correct. Murder written all over it. So it's kind of hard not to assume which that is it's it, all which tied Which is in. falling into Far, Far From Home, was it? Well, I th- yeah. The I one where he yes. killed, killed the Mysterio. Uh, Mysterio. So right now there's a hatred for Spider-Man, which is it plays into J. Jonah Jameson's hands. Which I can't help but think that maybe part of this movie will kind of play into that a little bit. I was going to say, we saw J.J. at the end of the one film. Spoiler alert, sorry. Uh, uh, if you haven't seen it by now, then it's too bad. <laughs> right, I kind of agree. I mean, it's not a spoiler I, alert I right just now. do it because why not? Okay, um, so uh, what do you guys think of this? Good idea? Bad idea? The Morbius movie? The timing is the one thing that I want to talk about, but let's. what do you think? For, for me, right now it's like a why bother. Mm, yeah. I I need to see more than what I saw of it. Okay. I'm concerned it's going to go down the road of Venom, where it's going to feel too disjointed. I, I, I don't see that because they do have the connections to Spider-Man in this They one. have a couple connections, but... There's definitely that, more connections just in that trailer than there ever was in the whole movie right. of Venom. <laughs> I agree. That, that, it's just that, a, that's all you need. You don't, right. need. you don't need a ton of them. Right, I agree with you. You don't need to like flat out be like, we're in the Captain America universe. You, know, you don't need to do that. But I think, I think what they're doing is okay. Um, I say timing only because I think the timing of Venom was awful. Seriously, yeah. even, if, even if they'd have wanted to tie it in, I still think the fans would have rebuked it. Um, and the timing on this one, I'm not sure, is really the right thing to do here. It, uh, the, the difference between this and Venom, for me, is the CGI or the makeup work or whatever you want to call it. Seems to be pretty good on this. Is better yeah. with Mobius than it was with Venom. Yeah. So Venom, I was not scared of. I'm looking at that and like... 
He's a bleak black blob. Good job. I, I have to admit, at the end there, when he turns his head and he he smiles and he's got the sharp teeth and all, I was kind of like, all right, all right, all right. That's that's the Mobius I expect to see, yeah. you know. And but, but but with Venom, it looked like a beach ball and a, <laughs> a guy in a suit. Yeah, yeah. It just like, looked awkward. On. Yeah. It's like, come on. Anyway, so I have a question for both of y'all. What do you think about? Yeah, yeah. I said y'all. What do you think as about Jared Leto? being Morbius. Do you think he could pull it off, or do you think it's a risk? I, I think he could do it. I, I'm not a huge Jared Leto fan. I know a lot of people are going to hate me for this one, but I don't think he was a great Joker. I, 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 I didn't mind his Joker. No, I didn't like it. I, I didn't think it was over the top enough. It wasn't crazy enough. It wasn't over the top. Mm. And so because of that, I just I didn't like it. Now, maybe that's because we didn't see enough footage of it, and there's a possibility that that's what affected my my take on it. I, I'm not... I don't know. You know, it's really weird, because Tara and I watched the Joker movie over the break. And you told me and not to watch it, because it's a I don't, freaking uh, mess. Uh, here's the thing I don't understand, and I'll be honest about this. I know this is off, a little off-topic. I don't see what people saw in that Joker movie. I really don't. I watched it, and I just... It was a snooze fest to me. It really was. Uh, seriously. I mean, compared to any other Joker. I mean, you can't tell me that that Joker in the Joker movie was better than the Jack Nicholson Joker. I'm sorry, that's that's the thing I will... Yeah, I, I can Or say Cesar him. Romero, for that matter. Cesar Romero and Jack Nicholson are the two people I will always compare Joker characters to. And so far, no one has come close to those two characters I have to put a third in that, name, in that hat, and, that's the, and I know it's only animated, but Mark Hamill. The Mark Hamill well, the Joker laugh could terrify for Mark people. Hamill. I think definitely created a, a new level for the Joker. Uh, but so you're uh, saying you didn't like the Heath Ledger one? No, no, nope. You saw it more too crazy, not enough funny. Uh, I, I saw him as too over the top. I think he'd actually go too far with the Joker, <laughs> and it led him to his own grave. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> it did though. It I did. Know, but still, I have not seen the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. You and I are in the same boat. I don't have any plans on seeing it in the near future. Don't bother. It's a waste of two hours of your um, life, seriously. I will watch it eventually, but it, I have to dis... I have to dispend or... Uh, Dispel? I don't know what the word is. I, I, I gotta stop seeing the movie as a Gotham City Joker. Right, because I, I get it. Yeah, because that's right. not what it is. Right. right. The Heath Ledger Joker, I did not like, and I'm sorry to say it this way, but the reason why I didn't like it is because he passed away shortly after making it. Right. And all all that Joker became was, oh, his last role. He was so great of an actor. Right. Uh, and then you look at then you look, was, then you look at that song. then you look at that Joker and it's like, eh. Yeah, I mean, realistically, he really wasn't that great of a Joker, and I'm sorry, yeah. and I know people are like, "Well, you're talking about somebody's dead," and and, and, and yeah. I think I think it's more of the that good. more of the writing than it was anything else. Yeah, I'll agree. In my, with in my, in my opinion, agree. somebody who who wrote for that movie did not get the Joker character. It's me. Right. Uh, that's yeah, I'll agree with you on that. So that's my take on the Heath Ledger Joker. So. Right. So how about Heath? How about uh, Jared Leto? Jer- Jared Leto's Joker. As Morbius. Uh, well, okay, talk about his Joker first. Sorry. His Joker was okay in my book, only for the fact that, again, I looked at it as a different take on the Joker. Right. At least this one was in the Gotham universe, or whatever you want to call it. And it did have a place in it. He was more psychotic than he was anything else. Okay. Where the traditional Joker is just plain crazy. Crazy, yep. This one is uh, mass murderers. 
So what do you think of Jared Leto as Morbius, as Austin was saying? Again, I gotta see more of it. Yeah, I kind of agree with you because there's not enough of him as Morbius for me to say, oh yeah, he's a great Morbius. We're not seeing enough of Morbius. We're seeing a lot of the Doctor. The, Seems okay there. Um, the whole thing about the, the trailer that I watched, the biggest problem I had was it was trying to identify, identify the song that was playing in the background. Oh, I knew it. Well, you're you're a musician. I'm not. Yeah, I mean they definitely played around with it a little bit. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saying try- they changed the pacing of it, didn't they? Like they. Oh no, a lot more than that. Did you recognize the song? I recognize it. It's a it's a classical tune. Do you know what tune it is, Gary? Once you tell me it, I'll know it. But it's I, Beethoven's Fifth. You're right. I'm, I was I was trying to. Yeah, pl- I knew it was something. I was trying. I was trying to place it. And it and I was going to say Amadeus Mozart for some reason. <laughs> I, 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 the it, first time I watched the trailer, I'm listening, going, "Oh, that's Fifth." Okay, like, you know, like, it was like, this it took me my, a little bit. There was a class right. dad had to take in college, and this is what he did. But, <laughs> but that's, that was a problem that was bugging me with the, mo- the the trailer. Yeah. If I didn't hear that music playing in the background and, and distract me from it, because I was trying to figure out what that, that, that tune was. Yeah, I almost wonder if, like, the first trailer, if they just picked something bland, and the second trailer maybe used that. Right. Because I think that's what they're going to tie it to, because uh, that's, rumor was... The, the who's the guy that was officially Dracula um, in real life that was uh, Vlad the Impaler Vlad the Impaler supposedly <clears throat> he was a huge at least at the time and I know there wasn't a lot of Beethoven around because he was before Beethoven but he was a classical music beat like he loved classic music <laughs> well it um, wouldn't have been classic music then it well it would have been like uh, antiquity <laughs> music back then yes, <laughs> it would have been, right. mu- been music then right yeah but I mean like <laughs> he, it's music. he was a huge music person fan right. Um, and that supposedly played a role in his Dracula, and I'm wondering if they're going to hint at the fact that they're going to play that off here too, like that he's a classical fan, which is fine. And I liked the the fifth, but I, I'll admit it, my ear grabbed everything first before it saw anything. Right, I, but is it, I, I watched it several times, and I I, I just keep yeah. I'm trying to picture focused on the music right. and not the, the picture itself. Right. I get it. Isn't it? Isn't that the normal human thing? Is that your ears will pick up stuff first before your eyes? Not necessarily, but if this, it's something you recognize, it will. <laughs> this this is the first time at all that the music in the background bugged me. Yeah, oh, I, okay. I can understand. I'm, I'm not I'm not a person that listens to the music in the background. That's so, me. I, I was gonna say <laughs> I was raised to start contrast so I've been raised to listen to the music and how the tone is set and then I've been trained by you to look for the stuff in the background for all the little nitpicky stuff yeah okay so let's move on to their second subject we want to talk about tonight I don't want to take too much time on this but I'm sorry it's got to be discussed that's an awesome costume that's all well, I got okay, to say so let's get hang to on, it hang on, so hang on. Like, let me get to the topic first so the topic is and this was started by Screen Rant and it went around the internet in all sorts of different places but I, the one that caught my eye was Screen Rant's uh, article and, and the thing that really kind of ticked me off was the actual title of the article was Marvel's Eternal Set Photos Reveal First Look at Kit Harrington's Black Knight. And, and I was kind of like, holy crap, I gotta go take a look at this because this is the costume I'm gonna have to do, right? This is the costume I'm gonna do. <laughs> well, this will be the easiest costume I've ever done in my life. So I got all excited. I'm thinking I'm gonna go see this, this let's go see what this atrocity is that they're gonna call the Black Knight. I was like praying, like, please don't be the leather jacket lightsaber Black Knight from the futuristic I, time of whatever. I, I, I can't wait to see you wearing the neckerchief. No, thank you. I, I'll wear it well, I'm sure. Um, so then I click on the photos and I'm like, I gotta be a all right, so you all know me. I got pissed. Like, I was, like, ready to... I had my email out ready to write a letter to Screen Rant going, Are you freaking kidding me? 
That's like the most so, misleading headline my, ever in Evernon. My dad got Everest. really mad, and it turned into a roast hour. The only thing oh. that was the only, th- <laughs> the only thing to make this picture better if Debbie Blade was in it. Yes. Yes. Thank you. That would totally help the picture. So, for those people who haven't looked at the pictures, okay, and I'm just telling you because not everybody clicked on the clickbait that was there. It's Kit Harrington walking around in jeans, what looks to be a sweater. He's got a, a red scarf on. It's and a neckerchief. A kakerchief. A neckerchief, jacket. whatever. Um, a suede jacket. A suede jacket of some sort. And, and, and he's got, like, brown boots on. No, they're bright red. Um, I mean, he's well, talking to. to he's talking to. I think it's Cersei, whoever his his future love is going to be. But it's it's not okay. Okay. So the headline. The if I were to correct this headline, it should not have read first pictures of the Black Knight revealed. It should have read first pictures of Dane Whitman being revealed because that is not the Black Knight. <laughs> that is Dane Whitman. I don't care what anybody says. The Black Knight is the character in the costume. <laughs> Who is that Dan- is not the Black Knight. Who is Dane Whitman? <laughs> okay, but that would be like saying uh, first pictures of Captain America to be seen, and they show Steve Rogers in jeans and a t-shirt. No, that's not Captain America. Yes, that's is. Steve Rogers. <laughs> it's still Captain America. <laughs> so you do this stuff just to tick me off. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. What we do, we like watching you in pain. So I was so angry because I was like. All right, first photos. Let's see. Let's see what I can replicate. And I'm like, what? I'm not replicating that. That's crap. I'm like, I was so angry. I was like, you gotta be secretly, kidding me. Secretly, well, secretly, Gary caused the writer to write sure the title. This I'm way. sure he wrote and the screen and there and say, Good. "You need to put up the Black Knight." Yes. Good. Yes. Making torture. <laughs> Did you guys catch these photos at all? Like, did you see them on your feed at all anywhere? <laughs> I no. Saw, I did saw you click them. on them? I, I didn't click on it. I just, someone else had clicked on them. And they're, they're doing what you're saying. Like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I And you all know I'm a huge Black Knight fan. And no. I wouldn't caution the character the name of his shop is but, Camelot. <laughs> ne- never would have guessed that, Bob. But Go I to mean, the Facebook page. You'll see you, photos. You can't. I'm sorry, you can't go out there and put a false like advertisement like this out there. And all I could think of was like, wait, 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 wait. No. The, the second title here, it's not misleading. It says, Kit Tarantino's Black Knight in civilian clothes. Well, I'm telling you, that was not in the initial article. I'm telling you, the first time around, that little, that part was, okay. the part in parentheses was added after the fact. Even if it was there to begin with... <laughs> The whole thing is Marvel's Eternal Set photo reveals first look at Kit Harrington's Black Knight. Correct. Not Marvel's Eternal Set photos reveal first look at Kit Harrington in civilian clothes and Black Knight. Right. I mean, th- there were so many other ways to have put it out there to be like, oh, okay, now I'm looking at Dane Whitman, not the Black Knight. I'm kind of like, yeah. There is masks of masks of masks being here, not necessarily Kit Harrington. I'm just my point is you can't put clickbait out there like that and be like, oh yeah, I gotta go check out you know these set photos and then be like total crap. And and, yeah, and got I know exactly what's going on here. They're trying to build up you know this like oh you know Eternal is gonna be great this great movie, which I, I sure will be. But you don't need to do this well to try to grab people's attention. This is my opinion on the whole thing, Bob. Yes, Eternals is going to be. The biggest flop. You really think so? Yes. I'm not convinced. I'm, I'm not, not convinced, convinced of any of these movies that are, that are coming out this year or the next the next phase. And the next phase? Yeah. The only one I'm 
for, kind of similar or looking forward to watching is the Black Widow. Only because it's a character I already know. Right. Yeah, I get I it. mean, I know these other characters too, but these, these have already been on the big screen. I'm yeah, sure. I, I get it. Say, what's... There's an established uh, <clears throat> fandom for them. Right. And I think that's going to be the hard part that Marvel's going to have to do now in this next phase because they're introducing so many new characters they, they need uh, it, they that need... doesn't have an established fandom. They need to start showing these people in other movies right. before they bring them out. That's what I was just about to say. They needed... They needed... Right. I think over the last two phases, what they needed to be doing was introducing some of the stuff that could bring these characters in. I go back to the... I still... I was screaming at my my DVD Blu-ray player when we watched Doctor Strange and they were supposedly going to put back in the Ebony Blade in the right. background and they didn't do it. And I was kind of like, oh, because that was an opportunity. You didn't have to show the Black Knight. You just show the Blade. You know what I mean? Have just, it hanging on the wall. Right, the floor goes where it touches goes. Little What's stuff this? like that that could have like helped tie you forward, show you th- some things that are coming. Have the hammer that what's his face carries in the Eternals, just sitting in a corner somewhere. You know what I mean? Like little Easter eggs, little things like that that hint that there's more going on here. Better yet, put a picture or or a painting or something in the background of the Black Knight. Sure. Or have they maybe the Eternals appeared up in the background of Doctor Strange during Thor Ragnarok because he's bouncing around from room to room? Or have one of them show up at the arena in Ragnarok? Yeah, fight. True. That would have worked. Yeah, fight, you know I mean? fight, fight someone. And then right. Yeah, have, uh, yeah, like you could have just done little Easter eggs here and there. You know what I mean? And yeah, they put some of them in. There's Beta Ray Bill. There's a couple others. You know what I mean? But it's not, a, to me, they it's, put, oh, yeah, it wasn't enough that. to um, tie up some of these big things they're trying to introduce. Well, and he had opportunities. And, and, and this is where I've been I've been saying this right along too. It's like um, during Thor, the first Thor movie. Yeah. When they were in the in the cafe, a TV in the background, yes. and talking about the Hulk. Yep. Uh, destroying New York City. That was a good tie-in. Yeah. They should have been doing more of that in the other films too. Right about like, the and not about what's going on currently, but about. What happened? Potential already? future stuff. Yeah. Or, yeah. or what happened before. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I you can't that. necessarily do that with Captain America. However, the first Avenger movie takes place way before even Iron Man or. They could have done it. They still could have done it. And this is how they could have done it Submariner. No. News field, news real footage of Captain America fighting the Germans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I could see what you're saying. Okay. Okay. So uh, they could have done that one. I was saying when we talk about. Steve Rogers primed to be Captain America. There's not much hinting at things you can do for Iron Man or Thor well, or Hulk Okay, so I go back to there. my thing. You could have hinted at uh, Submariner and that. At the time, they couldn't because he was that. I get it, but right. in, in a dream world, it should have happened. Was he there under, should have been a, a hint he, at Human Torch in the a orig- there somewhere. The, the original Human Torch. Right, the original Human Torch, like, which was like, uh, like, Android. 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 Which yeah. they did in Iron Man 2, I think it was. Right. So, which okay, yeah, yeah, they did. You didn't catch that? Yeah, they they hinted at Android in that. Um, well, they did make a subtle hint with one of the things going on at that fair where Howard popped up. One of the people was in there, like the one of the. Um, it was more obvious than that. I can't remember exactly what it was. I have to go back and and look at it again. Um, it, it could have talked about vibranium back in World War Two too. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, they did make a hint with it when he and used the Wakanda. Shield. They could have made the comment about Wakanda. Yeah. Because supposedly the Germans had discovered it by accident, and then 
And then the Wakandans did everything they could to cover themselves up. That's why the Wakandans all of a sudden had that shield and all that. Because the Germans ran into uh, two I thought Wakanda. they did that prior to. No, that okay. all happened during World War Two. So, you know, so it's, okay. there, were, there were things, you're right, Gary, there were things that they could have Easter egged the whole way through. And I, just, I, I get what you're saying. I, I could see where Eternals could. I'm not saying it's going to be. Could potentially be a flop if Marvel fans don't keep their... Uh, if there, ideas if, open to a completely different universe. If there's, if, if there's not a connection to the Avengers, right. I'm sorry. They're going to have to keep a pretty close tie into like what happened at the end of Endgame. How's that going to fit into... If this is just a start, reboot, we're starting with this storyline, uh, that's going to be a hard sell. What I if you start with the snap happened and then the re-snap happened, so... Cersei died. No, Actually, Cersei's a good, good tie-in would be how did the snap affect the Eternals, Black Knight, whoever, right? And then how that all plays in and start off with that. I could that would be a good buy-in. I, I, I could say, buy you could, into you that. Could start with having Black Knight hang out at a grave for Cersei's, and all of a sudden this, the re-snap happens and, and Cersei's she's back. next to him. Yeah, which actually would be cool. Um, I, I could be cool with that. And you're also uh, hinting at the uh, beginning of the X Men. Yes, yeah. Mutants, I should say. Beginning of the mutants, yes. yes. Eternals. The way I think they're going to... Well, I, from my understanding, they're going to tie it in using the Shi'ar Empire, correct? And use them as the alien race that comes down and discovers mutants or something along that line. One of the ancient Eternals actually created... Is a uh, actually created Apocalypse. Which is oh, the, okay. Apocalypse is the first mutant. Right. Correct. Right. Okay. So he could come down and start. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that, Gary. You're but right. But isn't Submariner also known as the first mutant? Uh, the first mutant written about, not the first mutant uh, in history. Okay. 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 So, uh, I just want to get that off my chest. About <laughs> I'm sorry. Screw you, Screen Rant. False <laughs> advertising. Yeah, there's there's the false <laughs> media right there. I'm going to look for that neckerchief. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> And next I'll probably pod- have one next week. I was going to say, next week or the following week, he's going to come in and go, Here, Bob, it's your it's a new costume. It's your new prop. costume. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Bob, our next topic. Hey, Bob, I got your new prop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our next topic. Colin Trevorrow had, a while back, written uh, the script to Star Wars Episode Nine, and then his script was tossed, and was they brought in J.J. Abrams in, and this... Back when Trevorrow was writing the script, who was the supposed to be the director? Was that Wakiti? I forgot who the director was supposed to be before JJ came back. I thought or was, was that Rian again? I thought, I thought the, Colin Trevorrow was writing and directing. I, I thought Ryan, uh, Ryan Johnson was. Might have been Ryan Johnson directing and Trevorrow writing the script, but All it's I, it's interesting to read about what he would have done. Apparently, the script leaked. Uh, um, I find it interesting right. that it leaked because I, I I can't believe that Disney ever lets anything leak on purpose. But it showed up on Reddit, apparently the, the original script. I do like the title. They called it The Duel of the Fates, which I, is a play on what? The Duel of uh, Darth Maul and Obi-Wan. And right, Fyga, and the Phantom Menace, like, the music's titled The Duel of the Fates. And I feel like that might have been too much of a... No, I like you, it, because think what? about it. it. Duel of the Fates was the duel of the... Jedi at the time, the most powerful Jedi and the most powerful Sith, right? That's the duel of the fates. Okay? Think about it. In Rey and Kylo's world, they had a duel of the fates, at least in the script that they wrote. Uh, I would have think maybe more of duel of the wills to kind of talk about the wills of force, one being the light, one being the dark. Yeah, maybe. So, what's interesting here is the first thing they start off with, and I, 
this goes back to what we talked about Gary last week. Is they, they rate him way go, oh, Rose would have had a more prominent role in that script. How do they know? You know when you write a first script that it's like, you know, okay. You're so shooting whatever. for the freaking moon. You're not necessarily uh, yeah, I'm open just, for I'm anything. I'm just saying right now that didn't necessarily mean that Rose suddenly would have had a great role in this film. She would have been empowering. It probably, it probably would have been hitting the editing floor like everything else that, that hits the editing floor. But Rose and Finn supposedly go off and try to light a beacon in a Jedi temple that's going to call summon everybody to out war. to war. Which, oh, oh, okay, I get it now. It's going to be Sauron. I was going to say. Kind of, yeah, I was thinking the summon, same thing. Like, light the where's, where's the ring, you know? Where's the eye? Um, no, so, no, it's the, the situation where Gandalf's like, I have one more task for you to do. So, Climb up there and light the lamp. And, and then the big giant... Spaghetti Master shows up. Right, yeah. <laughs> so meanwhile, Kylo encounters Palpatine, a form of a holocron. He f- trains under him with a Lovecraftian creature known as a Vortalum. Finn leads a squad uh, of ex-stormtroopers against the Yeah, against the First Order. Uh, this is the interesting one. Force goes Luke, appears to Kylo, and tries to turn him back, including a Force goes... Uh, Luke, Yoda, and Obi Wan. I don't. That would have been interesting. I, I don't think. know if you could pull Obi Wan off because in the end of Episode Six, he's Guinness. Guinness is dead. So how are you? No, actually, to... they changed that. In the end of Episode Six, is Hayden Christensen. Uh, Obi Wan. Oh, sorry, that was Vader. You're right. Oh, of Obi Wan. Yeah. But here's... how are you going to be able to pull that off? You but... can't just put Ian McGregor in because. Yes, you could. Yeah, you could. Because who's to say that it's got to be Alec Guinness that shows up? Right. Because it's Alec Guinness at the end of episode six. It's it doesn't the matter. old Yoda at the end of episode six. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's young uh, Anakin. I'm right, it doesn't wait, make wait, sense. Wait, wait, I have the answer to what I'm doing. I'm using logic. I yes, can't use stop using logic. It's Star Wars. <laughs> so beyond that, supposedly in a second leak, uh, in that leak of the script, Ray was going to become a great Jedi, kind of like going between the dark and the light. I feel like she's kind of doing that already. I, well, I do think feel like she's like, don't you, Gary, Like, feel like she ended up Somewhere in between, she's not. She kind of feels Jedi. She's not Sith, but somewhere I felt like she. Was I feel like she's kind of pulling a Mace Windu. She uses both sides, and she just teeters on that edge. No, no. no you think she's, no. she's she's full on light at this point? No, she's pulling a Ahsoka. Oh, just walking away altogether. Yeah. Okay, I can see that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, going on from the stories, uh, apparently Kylo ends up dying, and of course that ends the Skywalker. Uh, uh, Thing, the Skywalker clan. You know, it's kind of interesting. One of my one of my friends in orchestra, the community orchestra, pointed out something to me I'd never thought of. Think about this one. Palpatine got his way. He got exactly what he wanted. Because guess what line, what lineage of people is completely dead by the end of the rise of Skywalker? Skywalker. And what lineage is left? Palpatine. The Palpatine lineage. And when Steven said that to me, I went... Dude, I it's, didn't even think of that it's way. Now it's a lost arc moment. Everything that's happened is completely null. Correct. Yeah, it's a complete, it's a complete reset. So it's kind of like you know the whole Skywalker thing never happened because Palpatine's family made sure the Skywalker family never lived on. He made sure to kill them all so, off, and the only thing left, even though she calls herself a Skywalker, is a Palpatine. I consider it more of an adopted thing that if you adopt the name of Skywalker, you abandon your old family, kind of. But, but doesn't that mean that Palpatine won? Yeah. And essentially, we've just recreated the Big Bang Theory, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, where if we just went in a big old circle. did, didn't the didn't, block, didn't do anything. Yeah. But, who's that little kid on Candy uh, right. Boy? That's the only Ooh. thing that's left. That, Like I said, he's got a four-movie deal. There's a contract out there. Now, you just got to search for it. We have, it has been established that there's no more trilogy saga coming up. 
Okay. The trilogies are not there's, happening. Okay, so they've they've carefully said there's nothing about the Skywalkers, correct? Am I am I? I thought they said they're ending a trilogy style movie thing. Well, they did say don't expect trilogies all the time. <laughs> don't expect the continuation of the Skywalker saga. Correct. Okay, so we've established Skywalker okay. Skywalker saying I want to know if we're doing three foot movie peel or we doing like. Don't worry about that. Are we yeah. doing it Marvel the, style where there's short indecisive? Did you listen to me? Sorry. Yeah. Let, let him speak. I think he's got an idea here. Okay. You asked. <laughs> Sorry. If they're going to continue on with the Skywalker. I asked if they're doing trilogies. For the Skywalkers. I just said trilogies. You had Skywalker in there. You did say the Skywalker saga. Okay. Well, are they still doing trilogy style films? They might. Kathleen Kennedy said don't. Don't get hooked into the idea of a trilogy because they may not continue that. She didn't say they wouldn't. She said they may not. Now, when they come out and say that Joe Schmo from Kokomo is going to be directing the next three movies, what's that, what's that going to tell you? It's going to be somewhat of a trilogy. Right. <laughs> and considering Ryan Johnson's already on the next three movies, it's kind of hard not to say it's not a trilogy. Well, what says that they're not doing this because they want to finish off the trilogy idea and then go towards a Marvel-esque style where they have short stories that kind of fill a gap and then there's and, a big And film. they could be. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to work that. But I just know that Ryan Johnson's got a three-movie deal that he's writing, he's writing and which, directing the next three. Which I understand is before... Before they said this. The fan menace and everything else. Right. Okay. 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 So, be- before pre-Pilpatine. Oh, and, so we're going into Old Republic. And why why do, why are we in trilogies, quite honestly? You can thank George Lucas for that one. I get that. I'm just because saying... George Lucas made the trilogy the trilogy. He made a build-up story, and a it, climax with a, a climactic ending of some sort, right? and then the resolution on the other side. Now, he took what you would do in one movie and spread it over three. Potentially. He had a story to make nine movies. It wasn't... Three of them based off something that Zahn wrote that Lucas was no, going to... Well, supposedly Zahn wrote the Zahn trilogy off of the script for 789. But right. then when Disney picked it up, they scrapped that. Right. Correct. I would love to be able to read the, the script that Lucas wrote in theory for episode 789. The only person that's ever re- read it is Timothy Zahn. He can't talk about it because he has a contract that he won't. And as far as I understand, I think it's been destroyed. So that nobody can see it. Kind of like the holiday special. It does not exist. There is no trilogy. Actually, there has been... There's, there's people, no trilogy. There's people there's who no trilogy. recreated the disc no trilogy. version of the holiday there's special. No trilogy. I have a co-worker who bought There's it no holiday special. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you so, the, the, me. the last thing I want to talk about. The Clone Wars. The new Clone Wars season is supposedly going to fix Jar Jar Binks's Star Wars prequel portrayal. That he's not a completely bumbling idiot, that he might have some intelligence. But you see, this is where I counter argue everything you say because, quite honestly, I don't think Jar Jar is a bumbling. No, idiot. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I think that's he's what the person there at the perfect time to do the perfect thing. Okay, you had to have a scapegoat for Palpatine to give him emergency powers. So who's there to do it? None other than idiotic Jar Jar the Binks. Okay, and that's I think that's why. Well, at first I think the reason everybody hated him is because he wasn't made for us as adults. I think he was created for the kids. Now, if anybody is into politics, this was the best maneuvering that Palpatine did. Oh, yeah. Is by putting Jar Jar in uh, power. Correct. Because he took 
Padme away so that she he uh, she couldn't be doing the giving the executive powers to him. He because she would never have done it. Yeah, he knew he wouldn't. She wouldn't do it. She he needed a pawn to be able to do it, so he kind of half played it off to exactly. Jar Jar as Padme would do it. Anybody that's played Risk, the game of Risk, with a group of people, mm-hmm. does the same thing. Yep. You actually don't kill the weakest player first. Right. You keep them around for as long as you can. And Because they're easy to beat. And you convince this guy to go after the most powerful one. Right. It's like, we'll team up, we'll go attack Dan. That's really sad that you and I always have the same strategy when it comes to risk. Because I do the same thing. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. Because you play that mental game. You get yes. you get everybody to believe that that person over there, oh, my gosh, they've got I a think huge army. we got to do something about that. I was going to say, you, know? you and I, I think you and I did I've done that. that to you against Ruth. No, it was Tara. It was we were Tara? playing Star yeah. Wars Risk, and she took yeah, oh, Toydaria yeah. and a bunch of the planets, and you're like, yeah, I you know, she's she's taking her a lot. You and I got to team up. Yeah, and I, I take her down. I convinced you that she was building up this huge army, and you were like, "Yeah," and you put all your. And, and meanwhile, going, you didn't pay attention because all I did was slowly build my army up on my end, and you, you didn't really pay attention. And all of a sudden, you're like, "Ha ha, we beat Terra!" Well, no, like, great, now I'm going to be you. <laughs> I was going to say, I would occasionally look at you and go, "Why are you putting characters all the way over there? There's nobody over there." He says. No reason. Okay. Rolls his eyes to the ceiling like a little innocent dude. Okay, Bob, I got to ask you this one. On the regular game of risk with the United States and yeah, all yeah. that, what country do you take, what continent do you take and keep? Anywhere near the Ukraine because you need to No, actually, no, you don't take Europe at all. Never. That's the last continent you always you take. say that. No. you take the Ukraine and go, I need my pitchforks. Um, I usually take either Australia because it's easy to defend um, just because it's in that little island area, yep. or you take South America. I always take Africa. Or Africa, too. That's, that's another one you could, yeah. Not even the U.S. And, and I Why not the U.S.? Too hard to defend. Why? North and South, you can't defend from you, both. You got, well, North, you got, South, you, East, and West. Yeah, you, you got can't. four ways to defend. Right. You have to defend yourself. That's the problem with Europe. You can't defend it from all angles. What about Asia? Same problem. You can't defend it from all angles. South, East, West, it's, it's going to get attacked from all angles. Even if you're getting more... Do you, I, don't, okay, I haven't played Risk in a while. Do you get more troops each round? Not necessarily. You get the same number of troops depending on how many countries you have. But like what he's saying with Africa is you've got little pockets inside of Africa that you could retreat to if you're doing bad, rebuild your armies and build back out. That's, right. that's why I say it's South America because in South America, if you're smart, you could retreat all your troops down to like Chile and Argentina right. and then build back out if you have to. But Africa gives you the bonuses of having more You're right. You're, more men. More troop, yes. Right. You're right. And that's the disadvantage of Australia. If you're doing a defensive strategy, Australia is great. Right. But if you're trying to do an offensive strategy, it doesn't give you enough troops to, to right. spread out. You have to yep. do something else first. Please welcome so. to Galaxy Cast, the board game show. That's right. <laughs> but you're right, Gary. Politically speaking, Jar Jar plays a very important role exactly. in the Star Wars universe. I think everybody forgets that. I don't think you need to fix Jar Jar. i got to be honest with you here. He did exactly what he was supposed to do, when he was supposed to do it, exactly now, how he was supposed to do it. Now, the only thing I, I am wondering is if they're going to go with what they originally had planned for him. I knew you were going to go there. I have to. <laughs> Jar Jar. Go ahead, Palpatine Gary. Go Snoke. ahead and tell them, tell them what you <laughs> thought they were originally going to do with Jar Jar. Jar Jar was actually the Phantom Menace. He's Snoke. No. <laughs> no. He was, no. He was Darth Jar Jar. Right, he was a he, he was a Sith all along. He played the biggest bumbling buffoon as an act. Yes. Exactly. So does this mean that he's going to go in the office with the with the chancellor and go? Misa, no, no longer a bumbling idiot. 
Misa, no. your loyal servant. No, I think what you what I mean if if they could go down Gary's route, I get what you're saying, Gary, and then maybe in the middle of the end of the Clone Wars they realize he was a double agent. Yes. And now they suddenly have to go after Jar Jar. Yes. Uh, we don't see much of Jar Jar in episode three at all. Exactly. You didn't see him in three, you didn't see him in any of the in any of the other films. So he, what he, happened to Jar Jar? Episode two. Episode so we see him. We what, have no idea what his fate was. Well, well no. What, what happened do, to Naboo? We do right. we do see episode three. Jar Jar at the funeral for Padme, but that's the last on, time we see him. But on Naboo, that's the last time you see him. Yeah, and he's not on—he's not in Coruscant at all. After oh, that, is he on Coruscant? I think he's on Coruscant in the beginning when in they the beginning, drop yeah. the Palpatine off. Correct. So he is still considered representative, maybe. But I'm just saying, between that point and let's say a New Hope, or even Rogue One, because we yeah. there's no mention of him in Rogue One in any way. Right? Okay, so or, or, somewhere in between there, or, or, or something in the happened to Jar Jar. In the uncanon version, he feels guilt for what he did. This is a comic book I remember. But again, not canon. I know it's not canon. Okay. And he hangs himself in, in, in the square. Yeah. I'm saying, what if they gave him a more dramatic out? In other words, he's a double agent for the Sith. They find out, and they have to hunt him down and kill him. Yeah, the, the, the whole Bombay Jedi thing there right. was him actually using Deliberately, yes. yeah. Which might change everybody's viewpoint on Jar Jar right. from beginning to end. I like yeah. your point, Gary. But if he's in Maybe Favreau's... Let's see. We can I was going to say, this is... This if is it comes true, guess what? You're Filoni. Exactly. <laughs> and, that, and then that means Gary's just sitting there going, Damn yes, it, i got to get that picture you. with you and Filoni side by side <laughs> just to prove it. No, okay. Gary, Gary's using mind tricks and telling sure, Filoni yeah, how to a, write the show. I, I, I don't he's know. going, no. you will make Jar Jar a Sith Lord. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, no. Well, okay. Let's ask. Let me ask you this question. You've watched all the episodes <laughs> of The Mando, right? Yes. Okay. Without giving out any spoilers, which is gonna be hard. What did you see? That's on my kit. <laughs> which kit? <laughs> I was gonna say you've had. And, that. I, and I'm the first to do it. Uh, guns in the side of the helmet? Nope. No. But that is part of it. But that was in the. It's on the helmet. But that was in the actual Clone Wars and Rebels. The guns on the side of the head. They the lights. Out. Right. They yeah. did it in Clone Wars too. Well, they did. Yeah, but there was the clones who had the lights inside. Yeah, the helmet. they had it hooked up. The guns on the side of the head, for Death Watch. That was yeah. that Gary did that first. Yes. Was that really guns on the side of Fizzle's helmet, or was that antennas for communication? They're guns. They're guns. They're guns. Yeah. At one point in the Clone Wars, he actually turns them down with his gauntlet and shoots from them. Yeah. They're they're actually. I'm guns. slowly rewatching Clone Wars in chronological order. I You'll get there when you get to that last season on on just the Mandalore, like when they're just in the Mandalorians. Pay attention, Fizzle. At one point, he jetpacks up. You see him doot 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 on his gauntlet, and the guns come down, and they start shooting while he's shooting with his pistols. Because everybody went, oh, because everybody thought they were antennas till that scene. And then all the Mandalorians went, damn it. Because you know, like, <laughs> they, they, they had made them permanent so they'd be up. And then I, I remember because I, I forget which company, maybe it was the Lone Wolf Productions, suddenly made them so that they'd turn so they could actually be the guns now. Okay. Um, so, okay. yeah. It's it, actually, yeah. And, and it's awfully funny because Filoni looked at your helmet and took some pictures. Celebration <laughs> 5, right? Was yes. it five or okay, six? Okay, so which helmet was it that he would the pictures up? Was it the Mark one, one, the Mark One with the, the Mark One kind of Cody style yeah. head? Yeah, okay. Yeah, with the with the yeah. Just like I still think elements of my yes. sniper rifle are within that Mandalorian rifle. Not all of it, but 
There's elements. I'm not saying even the Mandalorian rifle. The Clone Wars rifle that was used in the box training. Well, yeah, I think it was there, but I, I, what I liked about the Mandalorian that they, they never showed on the Boba Fett gun that they showed on this one, and this is where I think Filoni might have taken something from me. He liked my clips that I would slide in that had the green bullets. Remember, he was looking yep. at that, and he kept looking. What's the extra clips for? So I pulled the clips out, and I showed him the idea that a sniper rifle would be a breech loader. It would not be a pew-pew laser. It would have to be a breech loader because it's so powerful. He goes, oh, yeah, I like that idea. Well, I couldn't help in the last episode that we just watched. What's the one thing he's doing as he's shooting? He'd open the breech, put another bullet in, close it, and shoot it. And I, I was kind of like, that's my breech loader. That's it I right like there. the way the, they reintroduced that leg bolt thing that's been in uh, the pilot's. The right. pilots are wearing these leg things, and we, Correct. Had no we never leg. knew what they were. We never knew what they were. And well, then those we... are supposed to be flares. Those are called leg flares for a reason, because they're actually supposed to be flares that you put out, like, yeah, but... to signal other pilots as to where you are. But now they could be also loaded with... Uh, I don't think so. I think they're leg flares. If there's a different... You could have different models of the thing. You could have different ones that would be... But, I mean, the fact that he made it a breech loader, I think, said a lot about the conversation he and I had about... Like no, I said, I, I still think an, he questioned us about all sorts yes. of stuff, and kind of like I think he was soaking it all in, and you could see his brain spinning oh, yeah. as he talked yep. to all of us. You saw and the like, gerbil get on the wheel. Oh yeah, I couldn't <laughs> help but him thinking like, hmm, I'm gonna have to remember that for later, you know, and like like take notes of all the stuff that we were doing. I mean, really, we, I, I'm not trying to say that we're like we're the geniuses of the world, but right. I think, You're but I do think he looked at all of us because we were coming up with cool stuff that right. they had never thought of in the Star Wars universe, and say, oh yeah, you could do this, or it would look like that, or it could right. work this way, and yeah. And, and and I'm sorry, I was the first one to put guns and lights on my head. Oh yeah, absolutely. Your mohawk is an extreme annoyance. No, no, no. no, no, no not the mohawk. I know, the, not the, just the, the mohawk. Guns on my side but, of the head. Yeah. But, but, um, in my headlights. So, he mentions it's a pulse rifle, too. Is that different... Uh, yeah, a different different style rifle. Okay, okay. so back to Jar Jar. <laughs> I was just going to wrap it up. Okay. So, so those are our thoughts on the Morbius trailer. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about that, about the Eternal set photos. Can't believe we're even going to talk about that again. The Colin Trevorrow script and Jar Jar and the Clone Wars. So we'd love to hear from you. Head on over to YouTube, uh, Twitter, Find us on Spotify, find us on iHeartRadio, find us everywhere. We're out there. Or just go to galaxycast.com or email us at galaxycast at gmail. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on these things. Yes, I'm talking to you, Hondo and Ned. When are you going to email in again? It's driving me crazy. Okay, so with all of that said, well, we're going to take a break here because we're going to watch the third episode of The Mandalorian and then come back and talk with you about that. We'll be back in just a moment. Look, what's that ahead? Are those asteroids? No. They're commercials. We'll be right back. If lightning strikes in the desert and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? You bet it does. Introducing Lightning McQueen. Don't even think about crossing this hot shot unless you're hungry for a dust sandwich with a side of regret. Doc Hudson reeks of experience. With a chrome grill sharp enough to shave your mustache, it's safe to say with this old dog, new tricks come standard. Sporting dual exhaust with glass pack mufflers and a chrome undercarriage, Ramon's bodywork will melt your heart like a chocolate bar left on the dash. 
don't underestimate Flo's polished appearance. She's as strong as the coffee she serves. As the sun bows its humble head, Flo's neon sign shines bright in the dark abyss. Speed, wisdom, style. Introducing the Cars Precision Series. Rulers of the road, heroes of the highway. Kills lots of brain cells in a funny, happy way. It's entirely legal thanks to a loop of the FDA. Whether you're at a family reunion or hanging out before the show, have some giggle cream with everything. It'll make you talk real low. Giggle cream. It makes dessert funny. Get Darth Vader right where you want him on Kenner's new Star Wars Return of the Jedi poster with the exciting Star Wars trivia game on the back. The Imperial forces are challenging you to match the names and faces of all the characters from Return of the Jedi, like Luke Skywalker and Bib Fortuna. And it's all free. Look for these details at participating stores or send two proofs of purchase from any Star Wars action figures to this address and beat the Empire at their own game. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Thank you for your patience during our galactic promotions. And now we return to the Galaxy Cast. Hey folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast because this is the way. This is season one, episode three of The Mandalorian titled The Sin. I have a big question though. What's the sin in the episode? Um, giving away the kid to the Empire. Is that dude. the sin? I guess. I, and then uh, going back and getting. I kind of was wondering. Giving up the ass, the, the bounty, and going back and getting it. See, I, I was wondering. There's a couple sins in this, right? So there's there's the sin of giving up the kid to the cloner. Okay. There's the sin of giving up the bounty to the guild, right? What about the sin of the clan having to reveal itself to everybody, and then suddenly it's going to have to disband, right? It disperse itself. So there's a lot of sin, right? Like I, I, I kind of wondered what what reference Favreau was making in this one. Which one? Which sin is he talking about? Uh, I almost wanted him to title it "The Sins," plural, so you could say, "Well, there's a lot of sinning going on in this episode." It's the sin of the father. <laughs> there you go. 
So I love the beginning of this episode. They come out of hyperspace, and of course, the Mandalorian's talking to the guy that sent him off to go get the, uh, the target. The, 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 and Apollo, the target. The, Apollo Creed. Yes, the Apollo Anton Creed's talking to him. And the target decides to start playing with the ship and unscrews the little uh, lever, like the ball the lever. I prefer the asset. All right, fine, the asset. Um, and he starts playing around with the ball, and I just thought it was funny that, you know, he's cooing and, and doing all sorts of stuff. The Mandalorian's throwing this kid back in the crib, like, knock it off, man. Uh, and it's a cat. <laughs> and you know what I find funny throughout this whole series, and I, I got to say this, okay, and I got to say it because people have got to give Pascal some credit here. He does a lot of good acting, and he never takes the flipping helmet off. You know why that is? Because he's a Mandalorian. Because it's actually uh, Brandon Wayne. You think you think it's somebody else underneath? There is. I was going to really reports yeah. on the set that he's not always it, it, in the helmet. It, it's John Wayne's grandkid. Really? Yes. Well, whoever's underneath that, I, I got to give them some credit because somebody's doing a really good job of acting. I mean, like. I'm talking about, like, physical acting. I mean, showing exasperation, you know. It's, like, heavy in this episode. Yeah. Who is it? I don't know who it is. It's Favreau. Is that Favreau himself? Yes. Okay. But that's not him in the... In the the costume. No. Okay. So he's voicing heavy, but but someone else is in the costume itself. Is there really a name for that heavy character, or is it just we're calling him heavy? I call him heavy. He's called heavy, yeah. Oh. Just because he's... Heavy and he's got the big gun. I, that's the one. He's thing got, got the heavy gun. That's all right. And I, I like the fact that in this episode, when you look at the clan, it's not all cookie cutter. They all look the same. Not, all even not, not even not, all the armor looks the same, right? Not Death Watch style. Right. It's not Death Watch style. It's not well, like all well, modern there, era. There is one that is a Death Watches type of armor and stuff. In it. And he's carrying Death Watch pistols, is he not? I thought there was a couple that I'm, are carrying. I believe so. Then, okay. then there's one that looks like the. Uh, I, don't know, I always call it the ET. Um, insect type uh, head helmet deal. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I yeah, kind of the bulbous looking helmet. Right. Um, I also thought it was interesting. Even the armor styles that we see within the clan are, are completely different. Like you have some modern era. You have some of the legacy plates. Uh, you we, have the layered plating do going you have on. The traditional plating in there. I didn't know if I saw it. And they're not the same colors. Not same colors, which is okay. I like that. I idea. like that idea. I like that a lot. I think there's too many clans out there that are like trying to like coordinate their colors or something like that. And I, I kind of like the idea that this clan's in, in, not individuality. Right. Right. Creativity. I really want to see him paint his armor back to like a brown color, like doing top, soft tone browns. I did say to Gary when you were you were out walking the dog when I said that when he gets his new armor, I actually kind of liked the old banged up combination armor. I mean, yeah, it looks cool having new Beskar and, and shiny and all that, and I'm sure it'll get banged up and everything. But I just I don't know. I liked looks, the old look of the old say, armor it looks better. Too Django Fett, where it's silver and blue. This is silver and brown. Well, well, good. It's brand new armor, so it's going to be shiny for a little while. Right. Yes, I do like the fact that the old one was beat up, but it was also piecemeal. I like the right. piece, I like the piecemeal idea. That's what I'm saying. I, I like the and he's not the t- differentness of all the pieces, right. like they all had. But at the same time, if I, if I could afford the best guard, yeah, I'd do it. I'd do the same thing. Right. Yeah. So he brings the asset to the cloner and the other guy and gets paid and. Wilroy Hood would be proud because he gets the ice cream bucket full of Beskar. So I'm, now uh, I'm wondering, what actually would that be in Star Wars lore? Would it be him trying to save 
You mean with Will Hood himself? For all we know, he's carrying clothes inside of one of those. I was thinking more of uh, some very rare alcohol. (laughs) Maybe, who knows? Save the beer! Maybe maybe he's got some Romulan ale in there he's saving (laughs) for later, you know? That's crossing the streams, man. (laughs) Don't cross the streams. He stole his share to ban the gas. There you go. And that's that. He's getting out with that. Which was actually just Lando farting in that thing. (laughs) I gotta admit, though, I, I didn't expect it to open from the sides like that, right? Like, I right. mean, those ice cream machines that we've seen always open from the top. So when it so opened from the side, it went, ooh, somebody really thought that one through. You know, so like, what you were like the thinking is something kind of like the Tesseract where he turned the whole top. Yeah, and pull it up. Yeah, exactly. And then there's, like, a platform in there. Yeah. Or, or I would have liked that, too. Or kind of like the T-Virus files that, you know, accidentally fall out. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually like the way it did open up. I, I did like the way it opened, or, yeah. I thought it was a cool little Jurassic World or gesture. Part S. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... So the fact that there was Beskar in there, I thought was interesting. That he had that much Beskar in there too. That was pretty. You know, I mean, that's that's a lot of Beskar iron. And then it makes you wonder, where did he get all that Beskar iron? You know, like well, nobody's he's, he's purge. A, he's a, well, we saying, know it's part of the purge, but like, he, how did he come? You know what I mean? Well, to, he he even said he got it from the purge. So yeah, he was he, he was there. Do, you, I, do I you think the guy that we meet at the very end of this season was the guy who maybe gave him that Beskar? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, as an effort to try to. Well, lure to, that to lure the Mando out. out. Yeah, to, to well, get him to come out. As if or even the clan. Ch- or even the clan. Or if he's playing a chess game to possibly pull the entire Mandalorian culture out of the Maybe. wet works because they know Maybe. they're hiding. Considering the object we know he has, and again, we'll get to that in the last episode. So. <laughs> don't want to give away spoilers. So, I, I don't know it's not a spoiler at this point considering it's all over the freaking internet, but I don't care. I know, but we're um, just playing over be, that line. We're like, we are. touching the line, yep, come yep, back. Yep, touching the line, come back. So... I just, I just thought it was interesting the amount of Beskar that they give him. That's a lot of Beskar for the asset. And I get that the asset was supposed to be a special thing, but, man, that seemed to be a lot of Beskar. So the asset walks away. or he, Well, he walks away from the asset. And I just thought it was interesting. Gary, you pointed out this time, the, the second time. This is your second time watching it, right? Yeah. Okay. So like, this is my third or fourth because we watched it and we watched it with Tara. Um, <laughs> I did notice the second time, like you did, that... As they're bringing the asset in, he looks angry. Like, he's mad at the yep. Mandalorian. And you can almost sense this feeling like maybe the asset's, like, ticked off that he's actually turning him in. Like, how dare he do this? I was getting more of the expression of scared. Maybe. maybe and there might be scared, there might have been some fear there. And that's where I thought it got interesting, because as the cloner took him away, he kind of shot a look back at the Mandalorian. This time it wasn't angry. It wasn't. It didn't look like fear. It was more like a dog, right? Like, like it was uh, like... You know, like, please save me, you know? Well, and, just, and, just remember, right? Fear leads to hate. Hate leads to anger. <laughs> anger leads to cloners being killed. <laughs> but the cloner didn't oh, get killed. Are we, didn't get are killed, we confirmed right? he's a cloner or not a test? They have confirmed because the uh, patches, right, yeah, on his the, shirt. the insignias on his shirt and stuff are cloners. Cloner. So they're yep. Okay. Yep. Well, I don't know. Are they Camino or are they just, just cloner just in general? Just cl- cloner in general. Yeah, so oh, just clone, okay. Sorry, clone logos. with the... So the Caminoans weren't the only cloners, so a lot of people believe oh, that's true, but it's not Obviously it's true. Because <laughs> it's on the internet? No, Revenge oh. of the Skywalkers. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so the, yeah, the Caminoans are not forgot the only cloners out there. Okay. So, I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe you were laughing at what I called it. No, I, I was just... <laughs> I was. So anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't call it the Rise of I call it the Revenge of the Skywalkers. So the Mandalorian <laughs> goes out to the ship... And he has kind of a moment where he realizes, hey, I just handed a kid over well, no, to people. He, and that's first he goes and gets the armor forged. Then he, he has does. this fight with the Heavy because... That's right. Let's, let's talk about that a second, the fight within the clan. And he and Heavy do not see eye to eye 
about how this clan should be. Now, I thought it's interesting, you know, more than this is the way is the quote that came out of that. And it's funny because everybody jumped to that quote, right? Like, this is the way, this is the way. I don't think it's the most interesting part of the scene. I think there's so much more given away in the scene than this is the way is a quote. I think the more important part here is we start to talk about the fact that Mandos are hiding. They're, they're hidden. And the, the only thing I can think of is at this point, the purge was when the Empire decided to go against the Mandalorians. And I'm guessing it's because they helped the uh, Rebellion. And they crushed them in such a way that they basically told the Mandos, if you become visible again, we will beat the ever-living snot out of whoever's left. I was going to say, if you would know, because you guys have studied a little bit of Mandalorian culture because you guys are creators of costumes. I don't know much about the Mandalorian culture with the Purge and how that fits in. Which is odd because you have a costume. I have a costume, but I don't study all the Mandalorian lore. <laughs> okay, um, Not as much as nearly as much as you and Gary do, which is why I was going to bring it up for our audience to discuss what the Great Purge was. My my whole take before. my whole take on this thing is the Order sixty six for the Jedi and the clone, clone troopers is similar to the with the Mandals and the and Imperials. Yeah, they the Imperials decimated Mandalore. The Mandalors, yeah. Okay. Well, decimated decimated the planet and then spread the Mandos out because they were out. Everywhere. Well, they outnumbered. They out, yeah, they out, they were outnumbered, so, and then they ran. <laughs> right. So, when the Great Purge happened, they took and they armor. ran, <laughs> ran so far away. Oh, I was thinking more of and running, <laughs> running, and running, running. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, they both work. So, so when they when they purged the Mandos, what they did was they collected all the Beskar well, and it, started melting it in and and making it into these bars. I, I actually think that the part of the purge happened in Rebels. I'll agree with you with there. the weapon Thrawn design that you could... Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. the Sabine design that Thrawn used and then was blown up. Right. Yes. The Duchess, I think it was called. Yeah, Duchess Satine. I, well, I also think it happened there because if you remember, they were at the Beskar plant, remember? Yeah. At, towards the end there. And they were starting to destroy the steel then. Um, yep. So I'm wondering if... The, I think you might be onto something there, Gary. That, like, that was the beginning of the Purge. And then maybe the next season of Clone Wars, we're going to see more of the Purge occurring. Maybe. Um, and I'm wondering if that's going to be the big well, shift we're going to see in the Clone the Wars. The season of Clone Wars is supposed to take place prior to... I knew hope. Way prior to that. I'm thinking more closer to... Um, Rebels. Right before Episode 3. It's supposed to be taking place. It's supposed to be taking place. Well, yeah, pretty close to that. Because we're talking about Rex and and um, okay, you got to remember something there, Austin. The Clone Wars spans all the prequels, right? Not Episode One, or is that considered part of the Clone it, Wars? It's part of the Clone Wars. It's considered part of the Clone Wars because it was the beginning of the creation of the clones. Okay. So that yes, because that would be so that's all that, part that would of be that. where my master set with Dios is and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's okay. all. That's all part of that. It's supposed to be taking place closer to the end of like start of episode three because we have Correct. Anakin and Obi Wan rushing off to go save the Pet Chancellor, which is referenced. We have Ahsoka and Captain Rex going to go do the siege of Mandalore, which is the one thing Rex mentions at the beginning of Rebels that he followed her from the Battle of Herskosis to the siege of Mandalore. Correct. Which is where Order sixty six basically takes place there. And they have to run. What's your point? I don't know if that would be fitting into the purge there, or if it would be the purge towards... The purge could have taken place from that point all the way forward. I mean, like, it might have happened over a long period of time. Well, the Siege of Mandalore is probably where it started. Right, exactly. Technically speaking, yeah, because it would be a republic. Yes. (laughs) So, long story short... Sorry. uh, 
we we have him uh, meeting up with the clan. There's a there's a fight there uh, with him and Heavy, which I thought was kind of interesting that he and Heavy, you know, it's it's typical Mandalorian, you know, like and we've talked about that. Like on Mandalore, if there's a weak Mandalore, everybody fights that person until there's somebody stronger in its place that's going to take control and and rule. And that was always the point of the Mandalorians is only the strong survive, right? Like only the strong are at the top. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, here you've got two guys fighting each other. And they both pull out their vibroblades, which, you know, I, I like the, the yeah. fact that they show the vibroblades vibrating the way they're supposed to. Uh, you know, I just thought it was a cool effect. And I thought it was kind of cool to see the clan actually fighting amongst itself. Because, quite honestly, that's what clans do. Uh, it, uh, sorry, it's the truth. It's, it, and I like the fact that the actual main lord of the group... Stood up and told him to stand down. Yeah, knock it off. We're we're not doing that. Is it the Mandalore the group or is it the Forger? Well, she the Forger I would see more as like, I guess clan level leadership, a lore yeah. ad if you want to look at it that way. Okay. The Mercs lore uh, they wouldn't call it a Mandalore per se, but well, the leadership of that clan. Okay, we don't know. There's other Mandalorians out there. Correct. Where I'm assuming okay. there is at this point, but well, yeah, but right now the only clan, we, the only Mandalores we know are these ones right here. Right. Okay. And therefore, in my opinion, this is my opinion, that the armor, armor. is the Mandalore. Okay. And I guess that would be why she keeps asking about the sigil, because right. that would be the leader trying to see, hey, are you ready for your right. next you know, step? Yeah. But I thought it was interesting, too, that they mentioned in that whole discussion that they only let one Mandalorian be visible at a time. And I think that's something everybody's missing here. So there was all this argument about the helmet thing, right? The helmet's off thing. I think that's really the more important part because they mentioned that in this scene, and again, everybody's missing the important parts. In this scene, they mentioned nobody else has taken my helmet off. So I don't think it's that you can't take your helmet off. I think it's that you can't let somebody else take your helmet off for you. Or in combat. You have to voluntarily remove that helmet. And I don't think that means you're kicked out of the clan if you remove your helmet. I think it's more of a decision that you make to let your face be seen because you're the visible person for the clan. Right. And again, how I'm interpreting things is he was a foundling. Right. And therefore, it's... I don't want want to say it's a rule of thumb, but it's his rule of thumb that because he was found by a Mandalorian... Mm -hmm that he has to honor the fact that he will not take the helmet off. Right. I think it's a personal thing for right. him, not necessarily a clan thing or even a, a Mandalorian right. thing. I agree with you. I, I totally, that's the way I'm kind of interpreting some of that too. Which will come up in the next episode. We can talk about that when we get to, to, to episode four. We're getting our episode. Yeah. Just a little bit. Um, so I like the entrance he does when he's walking in and every once in a while Mando's turned over looking and then they start following him. Well, I think as they were kind of curious as to what's in the what's in the case, and yeah, like what kind of like, the box, right? What, right? Like, come on! If somebody came what home, like it's that? like mom and I coming home with a big Amazon box. You're like, ooh, what's in the Amazon box? It it's turns the same thing, right? For a no. second, I was waiting for like the song. Somebody's eyes are watching yes. as he goes around a corner. Um, did you notice in the background when he was walking through? Supposedly, Boba Fett's in there. It's I don't his, see it. It's his colors. And I actually think it's a, a darker version or darker film clip from Return of the Jedi. You think so? Yes. I I think 
to me, does it mean he's Boba Fett? No, no, I don't. I, well, and I think to me he looks Jodo cast ish more Bo- than Boba Fett ish. Right. That's why I say, and, and the reason why I say that is because of how dark it is. And right, and that's what I'm saying. I, I, I've looked at it. I've even <laughs> I've even turned the light up on my TV to see if I can see it better, and it doesn't improve it at all. Turning right. so it's yeah. it's really weird. I don't. You know, so, I so, can see where it might be that, but I'm also wondering if it's like more like a Jodo cast, where if you've seen Jodo cast armor and it, hold it up next to the Boba Fett, it looks almost the same yeah. enough that you could look at it and be like, well, yeah, that's the same armor. Well, what's the different? Uh, I know who Jodo cast is. You have a figure here in Boba Fett. Yeah. Are they just different clans and? Uh, different clans, different people. Jodo cast showed up in the Republic Commando series as a guy who was training some of the clones. Um, so he was one of the Mandos that volunteered to train some of the clones, okay. and and he was part of that yeah, group. And, and Bola was just a, and it could was, ju- and it know, just could be just coincidence too. So right, just, exactly. Yeah, but I'm just pointing it out. No, there. no, you're, yeah, it's a valid point. It's so. what we do. We speculate so, on everything. It's interesting. He goes back to the ship. He decides that he wants to save the asset, and without hesitation, he just simply well, gets out of the ship, grabs his gun, and goes. Well, first he goes to the bar. And talks with getting a new puck. He did, yeah, and 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 they talk about how all of them had fobs, right? And so he goes back in to go get the asset. I thought it was I love the way they started this fight. The fact that he goes up, he gets the robot to come out of the wall. He rips the head off, knowing full well that's going to get security to come out. Now, Gary, you pointed out too that, and, and I, I'm making some assumptions here. He'd asked about the stormtroopers. What, what were you asking about the stormtroopers again? It was oh, the guns. Yeah, they had like different guns. They weren't necessarily the DL forty fours or even E eleven web blasters. It was like well, they were the, using all sorts there of different was the blasters. The one that looks like uh, the Tie pilot gun. It's yeah, got the from three scopes yep. and the front clip. Yep, that, that's actually from the game we play, the Battlefront uh, game yeah, that we first played. The name. I can't remember the name of it either. Uh, so I, here's the way I see it. I don't think they're stormtroopers, like per se. Stormtroopers as in imperial stormtroopers. I think they're more like mercenaries who happen to have stormtrooper armor sitting around. That's the way I'm looking at it anyway. And well, towards the end of the series, I can't, when we get towards right. the last couple episodes, it makes more it sense. It kind of makes more that. sense if that's the way you're looking at it. And they're like mercenaries that are getting hired. Yeah, well, then they wear the armor because it's because it fits. Yeah. Well, it's not that it fits. It's just that there's so much of it around because the empire's gone. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it fits in that it they're, they're working for the Empire or the remnants of the Empire, and it fits in with the you know the look of what they're, they're looking Wasn't for. Wasn't the Mandalorian wearing a couple pieces of armor that was both Imperial oh. and he had a couple pieces of clone armor parts? Some Stormtrooper parts, some Clone Trooper parts, some... Yeah, I mean, he had, he had all sorts of different things on there. And the first set of armor we were talking about. Yeah. So he comes in, and man, does he make pretty quick work of getting into the facility... It was interesting that before he goes in the facility, he he used his rifle and tuned his yeah and started scouting out. I thought that was kind of cool that he not only could he see through the wall, but he could hear through the wall with his helmet. That was like a cool little effect. I think with the sniper rifle, it it acts like an amplifier for listening devices and stuff. Right. And with the combination of his helmet and the sniper rifle, he could hear him and yeah, see, see, see what's going on inside. Yeah, and I like the night vision effect, too. It was just kind of a nice little touch to it. And we know all of a sudden now that creature is really important because they're trying to get something out of it. I'm assuming it's a sample of the creature. And then the guy who's in charge is like, we're going to kill it because we got to kill it. We were told to. So obviously somebody at the top is telling him we got to get rid of this thing, whatever it is. Do we think the guy we see at the end of the series wants it killed, or is it Well, that's the question that's left out in the air, isn't it? So we don't know at this point. 
So it's it's Thrawn. It's Thrawn. <laughs> well, we have Rebels coming back, and it, he it could it. be, could be, he could be. Do we so, have do we have Rebels coming back, or do we have the Clone Wars? Coming uh, back? We have Clone Wars coming back, but there's a rumor that the, another season of Rebels is coming out. It's supposed to be covering. Really, I haven't seen that rumor. I, at all. I, I sent you guys the link. Remember? So, oh yeah, I haven't read that yet. Okay, so. He goes in. He makes quick work of these stormtroopers. Just, just, just remember, there, uh, okay, that link you sent us mm. could just show Jar Jar in a suit with a, <laughs> with a neckerchief. So anyway, I wow. thought it was interesting. He gets into the room with the asset and the clone, the guy who was the cloner, and, and he immediately starts begging for his life. You know, he's he he kind of a wimpy guy to begin with, but I just thought it was immediate like that. You know, like, I tried to save it, I tried to save it. I begged him not to kill the creature. So it kind of makes me wonder, Was did the cloner plan on taking the creature anyway? You know what I mean? Without the Empire knowing, I kind of wonder if he had a nefarious yeah, plot, too. I, I think so. So I, th- I, I think there were several nefarious plots that the Mandalorian may have thwarted by taking the asset away. Yeah, this cloner might actually know what it is. Right, that's what I'm thinking, too. And, and the possibility Ooh. of what you could do with it right. if you were in the right position. So I thought it was interesting. So the Mandalorian walks out with the asset... Kills more stormtroopers on his way out. Does some really cool stuff, including toasting one of them to a crisp. And magic missile. And mis- yeah, I forgot to thank you about the magic missiles. Magic so the winging birds. Yeah, the the the, the winging the winging the whistling birds. Whistling, whistling birds. birds. Thank you. I was trying to remember the. I that love was the called. way the whistling birds look. It kind of looked like he did a Tim Tebow and took a bunch of guys. Yeah, out. and remember the <laughs> the armor told him he could only do that what four or five times, and then he's done. So he's yeah. out. So he's done it once. <laughs> so we'll have to keep track of how many times. More times he actually does that. Well, I thought you only had no, a. Was no, it only? No. Here's the question I got: Is it yeah, four times you can do that, or is it just one time to two, four people? Four, four people. I'm yeah. assuming it's four times. Is that? Um, that's the assumption I'm making. I, I'm thinking it's one time to four, four targets. Maybe. Yeah. So, because he does do it later, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, he uses the whistling birds later. Uh, yes, in the, in the at next least episode, one more I think time. He does. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that he gets the asset, he gets out, and right off the bat, all of the what are they called? The fobs. The fobs start going off. And apparently everybody clears out of the bar because that's pretty much what happens. Now, here's a question for you. Yeah. Is the fobs going off for... The Mandalorian? Or the asset? Or the asset. I, the I don't know. There, gonna, there are two new well, considering in the next two episodes they give you a clue... Uh, you know, and that's the disadvantage having us having watched all of them now. But well, my look, question at the okay. time was, it could okay. be for one this, of the other. This is the problem that I see with the two of you right now. Yeah. All right. You can't go jump into the end of the, the series. We're doing right. each individual I get it. episode. At the time when I watched it, I did wonder if it was for the Mandalorian for breaking the code. I didn't. The fobs are already all tuned to the assets. And he's codex. got a point there too. They're all and, they did, and they did talk about that at the beginning of that episode, too. He does, but at the same time, though, who activated the fobs? Well, that is the question we have, for right? the ass, For the ass. Right, right. Uh, Which is the Imperial guy, I'm assuming. Yeah, but I don't think you can change the fobs without them being there. It'd be interesting, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you, Gary. It did make me wonder. Like, it did and, make me question. And the fact that um, they weren't looking for the asset. No, they were looking for him, specifically right. the Mandalorian. But he and the asset were in the same place, so... Yeah. I just think it's a MacGuffin on the fact that they were looking for him and not... Not necessarily the asset, the asset yeah. I get what you're saying. I kind of wondered the same thing, too. But anyway, he runs into uh, <laughs> Apollo Anton Creed with pretty much every single bounty hunter in the, in the whole area. Is, is 
perfectly filmed and the sound was great where he's walking out and the fobs start growing in number and yeah. then a couple of them are getting faster because they're closer. Yeah. And that turned into like a point where I wanted to have Mo like beeping really fast at different times and he'd be surrounded. Which well, is he was. What, and which happened. So I thought it was interesting that he could have just given up the asset yet he didn't do it. He decided to fight his way out. Uh, he jumps onto this cart. He puts the asset on the cart. Tells the droid to drive. Droid. My question was, if the droid didn't drive, what was he going to do? Because he couldn't shoot the droid. It destroyed him. But the cart wouldn't have gone anywhere, and he would have gotten captured anyway. So if I were the it, droid, I would have just, like, shoot me. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> seriously, but, like... But that's the thing. You point a gun at a droid, the droid's going to run away I guess, from it. Yeah, I guess the droid would want to get away. And that's the way it's been throughout all the... The other Star Wars. All, yeah, all the movies. Well, except for Chopper. <laughs> Well, Chopper was kind of a freak of the story anyway, so it works. Chopper would just spit his head and run at you. So, there's, the cart starts going, he starts blasting guys, they're going away, and then the cart gets destroyed by Anton Creed. <laughs> Apollo. I can't help but say it, because it's, it's really, I agree with you, Gary. We're Garrett, just naming so him that today. We are. He's, he's Apollo Anton Creed, I'm sorry. Uh, so the cart, the, the, the droid gets destroyed, and the cart can't go anywhere. And then the Mando pulls out his his rifle, and man, I'm telling you, I love seeing that sniper rifle in action. Because when people get vaporized, it's just kind of hysterical to just see like a cloud of dust go everywhere. And that's which, it. which goes Thanos, back, is just, Thanos is just snapping all the time. Yeah. Good. Sorry. Which goes back to Vader telling Boba, no disintegrations. No disintegrations, right? Okay. So this just shows you more like what. It's kind of fun to watch. Imagine I hate to say that. Boba Fett had an E eleven adapter. Well, that vaporized. Right. So. Okay. Originally, that gun was Boba's. Yeah, uh, this is true. Because he was the prototype. For well, the I'm saying, uh, no, it's an E three, whatever. I want an attachment that you can attach to the front, kind of like uh, mm. the San Solo post- pistol is supposed to have a sniper mode. You attach at the front, you can just vaporize people from a couple yards away. So. Eventually, they kind of rattle it down because they're afraid of getting vaporized themselves, I think, really. And they're about to go and get him and the asset, and they're just about to finish him off and capture him. And the clan shows up, or the conclave, I guess is what they're calling it. Convent. Or what? Convent? No, that's, no, that's a place where a nuns go. <laughs> there was a different word he used. I thought it was conclave, but maybe I'm wrong. Covertech. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was actually covert, is what he said. Covert, you have to re-look the co- yeah. Culvert, I think, is what he says. Culvert. So anyway, they they show up, and man, do they show up in droves and and help the Mandalorian out, and they definitely out themselves big time. I love the fact that they all jetpack in first. All, well, not all of them jetpacked in, but a majority of them jetpacked in. I did notice a couple ran in from the underneath the doorway and pushed the door open and came running in. But a majority of them did kind of... And that was, like, impressive to see a bunch of them jetpacking in. But, and then to watch heavy jetpacking <laughs> and land and just, like, start blasting the I heck out of everything. I would love to know how he keeps himself from blasting himself backwards. Sometimes it's better off not asking these kinds of things. You're Star Wars. You can't overthink yeah, it. this is true logic. Physics does so, not, right, it's not mean something. anything in Star Wars. Remember, bombs can fall in space in Star Wars. Okay. Even no, though there's anyway, no gravity. Anyways. Now, there's one Mando that did not show up for that fight. Well, that, yes. The forger. The armorer. Who's the forger? The lady with the thing that does all the forging. What's he forging? Armors? Documents? No, armors. That's what forging means. It's forging documents. Yeah. You can't forge armors? No, it's called the armorer, as as the name of the lady, okay? She's the armorer. So the armorer didn't show up. Do you think that was to protect the armorer? To make sure she still stayed hidden? 
it goes to show me that she's the Mandalorian. I guess she's, she's she's the Mando. Right. She or can't the, be the visible say, face. Right. The Mandalorian. Yeah. Yes. It. I get what you're saying. So they tell him, "Go ahead, head to the ship. We got this. We'll we'll cover your back, and you take off." And he did mention them that hey, you guys are going to have to go back into hiding. Yep. And and so. You know, all of a sudden they're gonna probably have to leave the planet, leave the system altogether because they've outed themselves, or stay there and fight for your planet. A good yeah, plus, that might be a good plus comparative to Rebels is these guys are not jetpacking all over the place; they're jumping from building to building. True, yeah, and and, and you get good shots of that. And I think that's because physically, unlike a cartoon, that's impossible. Okay, so unlike a cartoon, and I thought it was interesting that he gets on the ship and Apollo meets him again, and he uses the well, Apollo sneaks smoke. away when the Mandas are landing. He uses the smoke to is it smoke? mask him. Is it smoke or is it carbon well, vapor? I was about to say, I, I, I saw it as the carbon machine working and the vapor coming off yeah. the machine, yeah. And I thought it was interesting. The man who shoots him in the chest, do you think he knew the Beskar yes. was in the chest yes. to save him? I think he knew where the Beskar was. He watched him put it in his yep. vest. He goes, he goes I'm th- even rich too. Right. I think he deliberately shot that part right. of the vest just so he didn't actually like kill him. Right. Just enough to injure him and get him off the ship so he could take off. Well, just enough to show him that, hey, I hate you, dead. Right. I could have, but I didn't. <laughs> right? I'm a nice guy. So he takes off, and I thought one of the coolest effects of the whole show was when Heavy came up and saluted to him before he took off. I mean, there are two two parts of this, this particular episode I thought were like... I don't want to say tear jerk moments, but like wow moments. And, and the wow moments for me were when the clan showed up to save him. And then Heavy, even though the two of them were arguing the whole episode, saluting him as he left, yeah, basically kind of saying, like, I still respect you even though we don't necessarily see eye I, eye. I, I just mean, wish it wasn't a salute. Why what would you want it to do? Yeah, fist bump or something, you know, chest bump or something. You know, other, you know, just a head nod might have done yeah, it. I get what yeah. you're saying. Because a salute is just too... Mo- too American? Military, uh, American military more so. Than I get know. it. I, I liked it. I mean... So, the other I mean, thing you could have done was, was like a chest cross kind of thing. Yeah. It would have looked cool, too. I, 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 half I know what you're saying. <laughs> Peace sign. Peace out, brother. This is the way. <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> For those in our video land, you know exactly what just happened. We're just communicating. It was uh, number one. Yeah. Yeah. So we're inverted in uh, just talking relations. That's all. Exactly. It's all we just flew upside down to do. Okay. So. so, like we do with every other episode we watch, we're gonna rate this episode of The Mandalorian zeros that don't bother, tens a must see. Anybody want to go first with this? I- I'm nominating nominee. Okay. Nominee, okay. you're first. I'm going to put a solid 8 on it. I like some of the stuff that was in it. Some of the action scenes were framed really well. I really like the how he got in and out of getting the asset back. I'm okay. trying to remember what building that's called. He seriously like ruled the floor with every stormtrooper that he came across. Okay. To the point like when he first picked them up, he got shot in the back, spun around, shot the other dude, came back. Yeah. Toasted the one. Yep. Jar Jar could have took him out. <laughs> yeah. Yes, okay. they were very much a video game villains. They just kind of went the I'll go second, Gary. I'll let you go third. Uh, I'm giving this one a 10. And I'll tell you why I'm giving this one a 10. And I, There's like so many things I could... I could. First off, I don't think there's a bad moment in this entire episode. I cannot cite a moment in this episode where I'm like, that was an awful choice. Actually, I think everything they did was very well thought out. For the first time ever, I saw blocking that totally made sense. And maybe that's my... I've been so like... 
rebels despondent between rebels and resistance where the blocking is like you're two feet from me and I can't hit you where the Mandalorian I mean seriously he actually did get hit a couple times but luckily it was in the armor and so it really didn't hurt him but I also thought the blocking of the hand-to-hand fighting was awesome I liked the humor that was thrown in Okay, having the asset, you know, having playing around with the, the, ball, at the, the ball of the ship and getting it back at the end. And so there was some humor thrown in there. There was some seriousness. There was some Mandalorian culture and some, some Mandalorian history thrown in. I mean, there are just so many things to this episode that made me go, yes, 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 the whole way through. There was not a moment where I was like, dude, I hated that moment. There, that never happened for me in this episode. This was the first time that I went, wow, this show could really... I mean, really turn things around for Star Wars without any of the movies being around. So that's why I give it a 10. Gary, what do you think? I'm giving it a 7. Wow, okay. Yeah, lowest of the group. No, oh, I'm always going to be the lowest of the group. He usually is. I guess I'm done. Okay. No specific reason for the 7? or. Alright, so those are our thoughts on this episode of The Mandalorian. We'd love to hear what you have to say, so head on over to either our, our Facebook page, our Twitter account, uh, find us on uh, YouTube, Find us on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on Google Play Music. We're all over the place, so find us, GalaxyCast. Or you can email us at galaxycast.gmail.com. Let us know what you think. As we like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may may the the Force be with those who listen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed this show. Were it not for you, our loyal listeners, this show would not exist. We appreciate your time and want to hear from all of you since our podcast is by fans and for fans. Head on over to our website at galaxycast.com to find out more about our show. Write to the show by sending an email to galaxycast at gmail.com. If you have something positive to say, use the subject line, We like and use a show. If you have a complaint, make your subject line You've failed me for the last time. And look for the Galaxy Cast on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, and other media soon to come. Carry on, wayward travelers. Warp Factor 2. First star to the left, straight on till morning.